0: You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.mbcocala.com. I want to finish up the series this morning on traps and tricks. many maybe you've gotten anything at all out of of this series. Good deal. Um, It's to equip you and arm you and, and to inform you. And the good thing is, um, you know, the message is not over. The message lives on. It's God's word. It lives on. And even in the format that we've delivered it to you, um, you can still go back and I encourage you to do this by way of, uh, online archives, the podcast, there's, um, CDs, there's study guide notes. There's so many different ways that you can go back and, and, uh, you know, not only enjoy it again yourself, but also to share it with some others. I want to encourage you to do that next week. uh, I'm going to begin a series that really has been burning and churning in my heart for several months now. Uh, I simply have entitled it armor, armor. So next week I will start a series on armor. You don't want to miss this. And uh, your homework for this week is Ephesians chapter six, verse 10 through 18. And we'll read about the armor of God. And we're going to look at what is that really and how does what difference does that make and how do we actually apply it to our life. And uh, this will thrill you and this will also make sure that you stay in victory. And uh, so we'll begin that. And then if you haven't been with us on Wednesday nights, we're continuing on our series and we'll do so throughout most of the fall on the Holy Spirit. Uh, Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said, I don't want you to be ignorant, which literally means uninformed or misinformed concerning spiritual things. And in particular, the Holy Spirit, His person, His purpose, and also His gifts. And uh, so we're just taking our time on that so that we are clear and not uninformed or misinformed. That We're not just locked into some tradition or uh, persuasion, but that we see in the light of Scripture really how all this works. We're having a powerful time. This past Wednesday night, we baptized, I think it was 31 people. We were baptized in water and uh, just good, good, good things going on. So we're excited about that. Well, let's go ahead and finish up this morning on traps and tricks. I do want to tell you that really we are hitting pay dirt this morning. This you've got to get a hold of this information this morning. Um, so, so important to us. You have an enemy. We all do. And he's the devil. He's the adversary. He's against a cause in the Greek, and he is against The cause. He's against you. He's against God's work. He's against you because you're created in the likeness and the image of God. He's against you because you still smell like your creator. He's against you because the plan and handiwork and fingerprints of God are on your life. And God has destiny for you and He has purpose for you. There's meaning for your life, and the enemy hates all of that. And so He's against it. But He's defeated. He's defeated, however, he still has a little more time left on his lease. And so he's still roaming about. He's still uh, seeking whom he may devour. But he cannot overwhelm you. He can't just come run roughshod over your life. And if you rightly divide the word of God, you'll see that. Most people that say, oh, yes, he can, they're being run roughshod over their life. And what we've got to realize is, no, Jesus has given us the tools, the weapons, the information... He's given us the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the word of God, the Holy Spirit. He's put us in a huge army of God and he helps us in so, so many ways. And if we're ignorant of his devices, then he can take advantage of us. But he cannot just run roughshod over your life. Therefore, he is a deceiver. And what he has to do is lay traps and play tricks lay traps and play tricks and the more that we're aware of that the more we will be able to avoid those traps and tricks and the purpose of the traps and tricks is not so he can put you in a little aquarium and say see what i caught but it's to destroy you yes. Amen. and if you notice about your life uh not just destroy you but everything connected to you but we can overcome Amen. but we can overcome right, I did this first service, I'm going to go ahead and do it now, okay? Let me tell you another trap or trick real quick. That is to come to church all the time and think that you're fresh and alive in God. Because one of the things that could happen, I want you to hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me on this. Is the more that you get exposed to holy things, precious things of God. If you don't respond right to those things, you harden your own heart. And it's possible to come to church day after day after day, read the word day after day after day, sing a couple of worship songs day after day after day. And if you don't put your heart in it, you'll find yourself in ritual. You'll find yourself growing stale and just going through the motions of obligation and hardening your own heart. So I want everybody today, today to break up the hardness of your heart. Realize we're here just for a little bit in this service, even just for a little bit. And I'm telling you what, I don't, I don't know where you find better music and praise and worship. And I know the hearts of these people behind here. And what an opportunity. Well, they didn't sing my favorite song. Then get a jukebox or iPod or, or something, Okay. <laughs> There's no pleasing everybody. And plus, the goal of worship is not to please you, it's to please Him and invite all of us in, into that. Amen. And I, I won't, I won't pat my own self on the back, but I know this high labor, labor, pray, seek God and labor all week long to make sure that I've got what he wants for you every week. And I know it will change your life. I know it will make a difference in your life. I know it will help you to overcome in this life. And so forgive me for sounding irritated, but you make sure you grab it when it comes and don't just, you know, fall into this religious lull kind of thing we are not dead we are alive and god is alive and his word is alive and his spirit is alive and i think it should show up a little bit amen all right and if i didn't get my message across pastor mike and and his guys will help you out there i love y'all i love you i want to see you make it i want to I want to see you take this and go because this works, this works, this works. And God is real. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's keep plowing here. Some of the traps and tricks that we've looked at um, are very clear in scripture. Busyness is one. Associations, or we talked about who you graze with. Last week we talked about uh, your words, your mouth, how important they are. You, You are snared and taken by the words of your mouth. There are many others that the scripture clearly lines out. We're not going to specifically go and address those offenses. Did you know that when you get offended, you've taken the, the scandal on in the Greek, you've taken the bait stick. You are actually uh, caught in a snare when you are offended. And you, that's why daily you just got to forgive. You just got to let, let people go and, th- and things go because it's a trap. It's a trick. Um, flattery is a snare fear of man is a snare false gods wrong doctrine i mean it goes on and on and on the wiles the schemes the devices the traps the snares of the enemy they're all over the place and so what we've got to do is be very very aware of that now one of our big keys and big word in this whole series is this word proximity everybody say proximity and it has to do with distance it has to do with nearness and what we've got to do is learn to keep our distance. Proverbs twenty two, five says, Thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. He who guards his soul will be far from them. So we keep our distance. Here's oh and this is fitting today, an Italian proverb. <laughs> it says the best armor is to keep out of range. The best armor is to keep out of range. And we've got to learn to keep our distance from traps and tricks. That wisdom alone would help you But we're going to look at something else Of why that doesn't work in so many lives But if you just keep your distance uh, We know this all the time The sign says stay away from the edge Keep your hands back from the blade Don't pet the dog You know it's, it's all these different things There's warnings And if you will keep your distance Keep your distance Proximity Then you're going to avoid Most of the traps and tricks of the enemy Amen, Amen. Now Proverbs 2, we find the same idea in some other places. It talks about one who would leave right paths to walk down dark paths. Literally a saying that they leave the right path or stop going in the right direction in order to walk down a dark path, a wrong path, or to go in the wrong direction. And when we travel in the wrong path, when we take the wrong direction, even if it's just briefly, get this, get this, get this, you will incur damage. You will incur damage. And guess what? That's the objective of the enemy. Now, could we be honest and just open a little bit this morning? It's not a house of condemnation. This is house of mercy and truth here. But how many of you have been on a wrong path before in your life? And you know that you incurred damage because of it. And it's true. And it happens. And even if it's just brief, you know, even if you just have brief contact with the rabid dog, you know, or the lawnmower blade, whatever it would be, just that brief contact. And that's the objective of the enemy who steals, kills, and destroys is to bring about that damage in your life. Don't underestimate the potential damage. Don't say, well, I can go over into this lane, over into this path. I can go in that direction just for a little bit, just for the weekend, just for tonight, just whatever, and feel like that you'll be okay because you won't be okay. You're going to incur some level of damage emotional, spiritual, mental, financial, relational, your health. in one way or another, you're going to incur some kind of damage. I, I meet people all the time that have such insecurity issues and largely it has to deal with because of where they've been and the path that they've been on. It has, it has damaged their confidence, their hope, their future. And so largely ministry is people repair. When we come together, it's trying to help us to, Overcome those things and not end up on those paths again. Amen. Amen. Now, the damage, though, do not underestimate the potential and the consequences of going in the wrong direction. Proverbs talks about in two different places there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is the way of death or damage or ruin. And then also Jesus talked about the narrow way that leads to life, but also there's that broad way that leads to destruction. And so the enemy's objective, wanting you to get you in a trap or a trick, is what? It's to cause damage in your life. It is to steal, kill, and destroy. So here's the question. What causes us to change lanes, to change the path, to change directions? why do we not keep our distance why do we want to get close to that which we know we should not be close to why do we go check out the bait why do we take the bait when we know that if we just keep our distance we would be okay why do we do that you know if this were some kind of you know they have the venus fly trap what if this were the venus pasture trap you know and I've been told, and I've read, and there's even a little sign, keep your distance. Stay away from it, because that thing will eat you. You know, but I, I'm intrigued by it. What is it that causes you to want to get closer and maybe, you know, take your chances with it? That's what I want to look at here this morning. We know this. This is this is just wisdom. We tell our kids this. We tell ourselves this. We know this is a part of a society being able to work is you stay away from this and stay away from them and don't touch that. And that's hot and that's sharp and that will bite and, and, and they're a bad influence and all of those things. We know to keep our distance from that, but why? Why is it we still change lanes, go in the wrong direction, go check out the bait, go take the bait? Why do we do that? And so we're going to look at this today because in answering that question, it's going to bring great liberty and victory to us today. Now, proximity, let's go back to this just for a moment, that has to do with something outward, outward. See, this is outside, you know, outwardly. I can see the Venus pastor trap and I can outwardly keep distance from it. But I think the problem of why we change lanes and why we wanna go close, it's not outward. It's inward. There's something inward. Everybody say inward. Inward. And here's what it is. It's desires. Everybody say desires. Desires. We have wrong desires. We crave something. We need something. We like something. We want something. We have wrong desires. And that is the inward thing that will cause us. You ready? To violate proximity. Proximity. Even though we've been told and it makes sense to us. And you could ask somebody and it makes sense to them. You know, should I pet the tiger? Should I touch the fire? Should I roller skate right on the edge of the cliff? You know, we know these things. But then why do people figuratively, why do people then violate proximity? And it has to do with something that inward that drives them. And it's called desire. So we're going to look at this here just for a few moments. Our desires are created and shaped and affected by what we've been exposed to, what we've experienced, your own family history, what's been modeled for you. And whether or not those desires are natural or not, it largely has to do with what we've been exposed to in our own history. It creates within us inclinations. It creates in us uh, tendencies towards things. But ultimately still, it's your desire. And no matter the origin of the desire It always will lead you, wrong desires, is going to lead you into damage. Are y'all still here this morning? In James chapter 1, verse 13 through 15, in the New Living Translation, it says this. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. If you understand that, give me a hearty amen on that. Get that one real clear. Verse 14, temptation comes from what? It's right up there. What? Let's read again. Temptation comes from what? Oh, see, we've been blaming the devil and the Democrats and the Republicans. Temptations come from our own desires, our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Here's the point. Our desires make you temptable. Your desires make you temptable. It's, that's what causes you to take the bait and get drawn away and get enticed. Certain fish can only be caught on certain bait. Come on. Certain fish can only be caught on certain bait. A, a dry fly, can catch a trout. Worms for bass. Stink bait for, for catfish what's your bait what is it that pulls on you and for some reason in your life something about your makeup something about your history something about what you've been exposed to there's certain things that they pull on you and it's kind of different for every one of us a few years ago i was visiting my brother up in thomasville georgia and he took me out to a place. He said, hey, I got some stuff I got to do, but I'm going to let you fish for the morning. And it was about an acre. It looked like an acre and it was rectangular and it was a lake that they had made. And they'd put trees in it, fell trees into it and stuff, and they'd stocked it. And it was full of bass. And he put me on a little John boat there and he said, I got to go do some stuff for a couple hours and you can just fish. So I said, awesome. You could see the fish. It was only about five foot deep or so and you could just see the fish they were all over the place and he left me with a tackle box and a, and a couple of rods and reels and I thought awesome so I'm out there and I little electric trolling motor and I just trolled out a little ways and got out there and I thought middle of just beautiful beautiful area and I thought I'm gonna catch me some fish and I'm not really the big experienced fisherman I had to look that up about the trout and the stink bait and all that <laughs> stuff okay But um, so I pick out this lure. It looked pretty cool to me. Thought if I was a bass, I'd bite it. <laughs> hooked it up, threw it out, and I watched this it landed right near a bass and he just kept going. <laughs> All right, so what about your cousin? <laughs> Nothing. So I did that for a while and I thought, I'm going to change bait. So I got a different little lure and I put it out there, more of the same. The splash caused a couple of fish to come around and say, what was that? And they just kind of looked uninterested. (laughs) All right, so I tried another one and I put it in. And I'm telling you, as soon as I put it in the water, that guy, his four brothers and their eight cousins are all right there. My turn. It's my turn. And before you know it, and I got it and I pulled him in and I caught fish and I caught fish and I caught fish because some fish will, you can only catch with some bait. And the same is true with you. There's some things that would catch you that wouldn't catch me. And there's some things that would catch me that wouldn't catch you. And the people down your road, the same thing, The person right next to you, that wouldn't, you, you wouldn't bite that to save the world. And the other one, oh, can I have yours? You know? And so it's this whole thing of your desires make you temptable, make you catchable. I wish the fish knew. No, I don't wish the fish knew because we still catch them. But if that fish knew, if he could think beyond that moment. That's what most people do. They don't think past the moment. And if you thought past the moment, the fish could say, no, there's a hook. There's a string. I've heard about this. I'm going to end up in a frying pan or on a wall. And little children playing with my guts after they've cleaned me and the people are eating me. Yeah, Deal with it, all right? Well, if he can think that far, but he can't think that far. But you can think that far, but we don't think that far. And so these traps and tricks are all around us and we've got this bait. And you know what? The enemy knows what lure to use for you. And he does because your whole life, you've played the game of show and tell your whole life. And he's tried a lot of things over the years and got no, that didn't work. Nope, that didn't work. And then one day he threw something in, and you're like, you're all after it. And he goes, aha, write that one down. And he knows your desires, say my desires, <laughs> your desires make you temptable. And they set you up to put you on a hook in a trap in a frying pan or on somebody's wall. And it's important that we know how to deal with these desires. Romans 8, 6 in the contemporary English version says, if our minds are ruled by our desires, if our minds are ruled by our desires, we will die. I think that should be on a little plaque down underneath the sea, under the water for the fish to see. If our minds are ruled by our desires, we will die. But if our minds are ruled by the spirit, we will have life and peace. Let me set up a little scenario for you. You're going through life. You're going through your path of life and you're, you're moving along. Okay. And then all of a sudden there is the lure. There is the bait that would pull on you. And you've been coming to Meadowbrook church and especially for the last six weeks. And you've learned some things about traps and tricks. And you realize I've got to keep some proximity. I've got to keep some distance from this. But I sure want that. And you see that. What do you do now? What do you do? Let me give you a little answer. WWJD. What is that? No. (laughs) What would Joseph do? What would Joseph do? Do you remember Joseph with Potiphar's wife? Write that down. We've got to come back and teach some things here. (laughs) Joseph was entrusted with much. He's in Potiphar, the leader's house. And his wife was coming on to him. Now, there's not a picture, even in your picture Bible, but I have an idea that she was probably attractive. The Greek word is hot. (laughs) Look it up. I think she probably smelt good. Because of her wealth, she probably had beautiful hair and clothes and everything else. And here she is, she wants him. She's within proximity and he likes her. And what did Joseph do? He ran. And one of the things you've got to do is you've got to run, Forrest, run. Run. But if that's your only defense mechanism, you are going to be exhausted. You can't run for everything. Come on, look, for proximity, we know the wise thing to do. You know what? I got to keep proximity. And so what we do, if we find ourselves suddenly in our path there, oh, there we go. You got to run. But what do we do? With our desires. The reason you're having to run is because you have desires. How about it's time we do something about the desires. And so the desires, what do we do about this? Here's what we do. We resist. Everybody say resist. Come on, say it like you mean it. Resist. James 4, 7, it says this. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist. It means to arrange yourself against Your entire self. Arrange yourself against. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. And he'll run. I'm tired of doing all the running. It's time that he run. Come on. It's time that he run. And that will happen if you'll submit yourself to God and resist. You know what most people do? They don't resist. Well, I'm feeling it so strong I just can't help it. Resist. And God will help you in doing that. Now, real quick, and and trust me, I can do this real quick. I'm going to take you through five keys. We're just going to click these off on a little key chain here for victory that are going to help you so that we can deal with these desires. Number one, ID. You need to identify. Everybody say identify. You need to identify. Locate and identify what is this desire. What is it? You're going to have to call it out by name. Be bold, be courageous, be honest. And say, you know what? This is the desire. You need to locate that thing. And again, uh, 1 John 2.16 talks about three categories of sin. But they become sin. They were, first of all, a category of temptation. It's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Listen to me. Every temptation you would ever have is either the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life. We find it, that was the situation with Eve. That was the situation with Achan. Remember in Joshua's camp, Achan. That was the situation with David. Remember he was up on the rooftop, and Bathsheba was taking a bath. And that was the situation with Jesus in the wilderness, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. And what you've got to do is you've got to locate this and say, you know what? This is this call it by name, call it out. And here's the good part about this. When you bring it into the light, it starts to lose power. Once you identify it and you bring it out into the light, it starts to lose power. Second thing. Imagine everybody say, imagine. Imagine what? Imagine the consequences. Say that. Imagine the consequence. You've got to list your potential losses. It's sobering. It's scary. If you start to think about if I give in to this desire, if I give in to these desires, which you've now identified, if I give in to this, you need to list the potential consequences and damage that would come from it. It should scare you crazy. This should wake you up big time. In Proverbs 5, we find the, the guy who did not keep proximity, gave in to his desires. He lost his honor. He lost his name. He lost the fruit of all his labors. He lost his family. He lost his health. He lost his mind. He lost everything. We find in Proverbs chapter 7, similar situation. It says the guy did not know it would cost him his life. I would correct it and say this. He didn't think about it, that this was going to cost him everything. Most people that end up caught in a trap, caught in a trick. And they're suffering the damage from something. They realize, I wish I'd thought about this. And I'm challenging you with the desires that would try to pull you over to violate proximity. You need to imagine the consequences. Are you ready? Listen, are you ready to lose your family? To lose your name? A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. You're ready to be emotionally damaged, to lose your finances, to lose your confidence? To lose good stead in front of your children, your co-workers, your friends, your parents. Are you ready to do that? Are are you ready? Is there anything worth that trade? Are are you ready to take on shame instead of having a good name? Are you ready? And see, all over the world, in every walk of life, people fail to take the time and think about, what would this cost me? No, they're like a dumb fish right there and go, look at that. And they're ready to just latch onto that thing. I think you're a little smarter than a fish. And so what we've got to do is equip ourselves and imagine the consequences. Let me keep going here. Next, you need to isolate. Everybody say isolate. You've got to isolate this desire. And I'm going to say desire to start with because this is a concentrated effort to overcome this desire. You cannot fight on all fronts at once. How many of you would guess... I know y'all are more holy than first service, but how many of you would guess that you probably have more than one unholy desire somewhere lurking in you? More than one. How many of you would probably need a large passenger van to, to commuter train? Okay, to, to house all these. But you can't fight on all fronts. You can't do that all at the same time. You're not equipped to do that. So you have to be very strategic and seek out the one that you feel is the greatest threat. John, would this be right? Be the greatest threat and the thing that would be most destructive. And you're going to have to zero in on what is the one that is the greatest threat. It's the bully syndrome. And suddenly you got this little gang around you. And you know what? You need to because you're able to. Go after the bully. The bully. Go after the bully. And you know what? A lot of the little punks will just run off then. And the same is true of these desires that are, that are trying to cave in on you. You need to find which one is the most destructive, which one is the greatest threat. And then you need to put your resources, isolate that, and concentrate on overcoming right there. And there's two ways that you do this. First of all, you've got to hate it. Well, pastor, hate is a strong word. Exactly. You've got to hate it. You've got to ask God and you've got to stir this up in yourself and develop a holy hatred. God promised he would deliver you from your enemies, not your pets. And if you're constantly just kind of letting this desire go and making room for it and that kind of thing. No, you've got to hate it. Everybody say hate it. And the second thing you've got to do, you've got to starve it. You've got to starve it. What you feed grows, what you starve dies. Now, let's move on to the next one real quick. And it's increase. Everybody say increase. And by increase, I mean you've got to have to increase your time in God's word. Amen. Folks, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And taking the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is life. This is light. This is bread. This is strength. And you're gonna to have to stir your religious self and realize, hold on, hold on, hold on, ah! You're gonna to have to realize I've got to crack this book open. And I've gotta let it speak to me, not just get stuck in some religious reading program. I got four chapters in Leviticus to read today. Get out of there for a little bit if you have to, and make sure you're getting into some areas that are going to pump you up and help you and strengthen and feed you. And I'm sad to say, and I think y'all are way, 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 way above average. I really, really do. I honestly do. But I doubt the majority of you this week have really cracked this open and said, God speak to me. Word of God speak to me. I need this more than my necessary food. I've got to hear from you today. You're going to have to increase your word level. You're going to have to increase your prayer life. You do not have because you do not ask. I dare you. I challenge you. I triple dog dare you this week to just start asking God. God, I got this huge situation. I've been worrying about it. I've been staying up all night about it. I've been irritable because of it. I got a new plan. I'm going to ask you, almighty God, to come in and to help me and to do this and to work this and to fix this and to change this and to protect me and to provide and to open the door. Pray. You don't have because you don't ask. You're going to have to increase your worship. That's not worship. Worship is anything you do that God says, I like it. But you need to worship God on your own. You need to worship God over your checkbook and over your doctor's report and over, over your situation. You need to worship God and declare, God, you're way bigger than this. You're way bigger than the situation and you need to worship him and tell him it's about his worth. It's about his greatness. You need to increase that in your life. You need to increase your time with healthy relationships and good godly fellowship. You need to increase that time. And we got a lot of people in your life and we love them. And it's important that you're in their life and they're in your life. But you know what? They create a little drag on your life. And sometimes you just got to go. give me a minute and get, get away and get with some people that can fuel you and feed you and help you. And the other thing is you need to increase yourself in getting yourself to church. And so much the more as the day is approaching. Church days do in fact affect the rest of your days. And you got to get away from your pillow and TV and Gomer Powell reruns. I watched some last night. And, <laughs> and get yourself here. Increase. And then one last thing. Pastor John, you can come now. One last thing I started to say invite, but I'm going to change it to insist, insist. Everybody say insist. You need to insist that God help you. I thought about it. You know, we need to invite God to help us. No, it's more for you than anything that your attitude is God. You're my help. I'm not my help. They're not my help. You are my help. And he can come and he can help you as you deal with traps and tricks, keeping priority and keeping those desires under. Let me back up to this real quick too. When I was talking about increase, I want you this week to read and reread Romans chapter 6. Read and reread Romans chapter 6. it talk about those desires right out of the word. But lastly, you need to insist that God help you. Let me read three scriptures and then we'll close. In Psalm 18 verse 2, it says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold or my safe place. First Corinthians ten thirteen in the new living says the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. Everybody say God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. Y'all hear that? It's not more than you can stand. God won't allow it to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure. And then finally, 2 Peter 2, 9, and I love it. It says, the Lord, everybody say the Lord. The Lord Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. The Lord knows how to help the godly to overcome the wrong desires. Because you, friends, have an enemy. He can't overcome you, but I'll tell you what, he has been awake all night for weeks laying traps setting up tricks i wish it was enough to just say keep your distance keep proximity and outwardly that will help us tremendously but sometimes we got to deal with what's going on on the inside that causes us to venture toward that And what is that and i'm so drawn to it and you get over there and i am tell you what That desire You're going to have to deal with that desire. I've given you some tools this morning so you can just knock that thing out and hold those things under. And they may be with you the rest of your life, folks. You may be dealing with stuff the rest of your life. I've talked to people that were alcoholics for a long time. I I talked to one not long ago, and he's actually been dry for over two decades. But he said, it still pulls me. Still tries to pull on me. And you know what, though? Call it out by name. Imagine what it used to do in your life. Say, I'm not going back to that. Isolate it, hate it, starve it, increase the things that are going to really add to your life and insist that God help you. And you know what? We can and we will overcome the enemy's traps and tricks. If you get anything at all out of this this morning. Thank you, Lord.